0: Hey y'all! This is Ashley, also known as Bored Becky, and you're listening to Fired Up on the Blockchain with Travi. And I'm like, Travi, come on now, like you, you got this under control.
1: Yo, what's up? It's G Love, and I'm fired up with Travi. I
0: do. I do. This is Danielle Petty, co-founder of the '90s Babes, and you're listening to Fired Up on the Blockchain with Travi. What's up, world? It's Spotty Wi-Fi, the king of the crypto punks, and you are now tuned in to Fired Up on the Blockchain with my guy, Travi.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and degens for the thousands in attendance and the millions listening in podcast land. My name is Travi and we are Fired Up on the Blockchain Hey, Travi, let's effing go.
2: Woo!
1: Hey, 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 I'm on vacation. Oh, a little dirty heads there for you. But no, I'm, I'm actually not on vacation. It's a work trip, I swear. NFT London, ladies and gentlemen, is... This week and I will be on stage speaking, I will be moderating, I will be talking with and to some of the greatest minds in all of Web3 and I'll be happy to celebrate those of you who have been on this ride with me and us and everybody listening because that's really what this is all about. The Fired Up on the Blockchain with Travi podcast. While I definitely like to show you a little bit of the things that I'm working on and pull the curtain back to show you how the little bit of the inside world of Web3 and NFTs kind of has, has been working from my vantage point. Of course, it's only one. There are countless. But what I really am trying to do is provide a platform for the good people. And I will continue to celebrate those good people, even While my very first official NFT brand is being launched. So the entire collection some of you have seen already um, is actually going to be a long, very in-depth story. Consisting of many different characters. And all I can tell you so far is the entire collection, the entire journey of these characters is called The Journey. And each character will be dropped in a very small batch. And each batch is... Once it sells out, that character will not be released again. So many of you have seen some of the internal announcements that uh, that have come. <laughs> and uh, I was able to link up with some really great people. So I'm happy to formally announce the artist of the journey. It's Tyler Vaughn. You might know Tyler Vaughn from working in the Crypto Dads community. He came out with his Van Gogh gobs and he's done a lot of great stuff. And if you follow Tyler Vaughn at underscore Matthew Tyler on Twitter you'll have pretty good idea of some of the fun stuff that he's done but there is a exclusive pre-mint discount and the reason why I'm telling you this is because we've only shared this within our close network so in my mind if you're listening to my podcast you are in my close network so you'll have some information about myself some of the background information about the project The ideas behind it and some of the advisors and if you have been paying attention the very first close advisor that i publicly announced is brian fanzo one of the greatest minds in all of web3 digital futurist and happy to call him a good friend he's somebody who i've been talking with him about putting this together for a long time but i do have to tell you this i am also happy celebrating others so what i'm trying to do is really develop a brand um, and the reason why I'm doing it now, people are like, hey, don't launch anything in the bear market. Well, the people who are here right now are the people who I want, the people who I want involved. So that's why if you get on the exclusive pre mint discount, you will be locked in. And when it goes live to the public, they will actually pay double what you pay if you're on the discount list. That's a little bit of what I've been working on Um in front of, on the side of, and behind the scenes. But I do want to definitely make sure I give a gigantic shout out to some really great people. I am travi.eth, but I'm also travi.nft and travi.crypto. And you can get your NFT or crypto or .x or .dot888 or .blockchain or .DAO, you check them out. I have a friends and degens and family link in the show notes where you can get your unstoppable domain. Sandy Carter and her team has been able to do and help provide a digital identity for many, many people. And if you're one of the people who have an ENS domain like I do, which is a .eth, we know that those expire. Cool thing about yours uh, is you're not going to have to worry about if you have an unstoppable domain, uh, anybody waiting for your expiration date because it will never expire, which I think is super cool. Um, That's one of the reasons I'm so bullish about it. Um, also, a big shout out to my buddies at the Diamond Dogs. Evan Mendoza uh, put together a community council, so they're revamping and adding to the roadmap. You're going to see jerseys with NFTs on them. You're going to see lots of ways to claim your dog coin, which is right there on Rally.io. There's a lot of really great things coming out from the mind of Evan Mendoza, and he's you know, looking at Diamond Dogs as a long-term brand, so I'm g- going to be really excited to see The future of Diamond Dogs as the community continues to grow. And the community council has some nice heavy hitters on it. So, really happy to see some of that. Today, I want to tell you I am fired up on the legend, La Leyenda. La Leyenda is a beautiful, fine sipping mezcal, 100% agave. And I had the opportunity to chat with and meet some of the team, Tom, Alex, uh, and my buddy Martin. And I have to say that this is um, this kind of changes the game for me in terms of of tequilas. I know that a lot of us, uh, I'll tell you, some of the things that I tried that I thought was a fine tequila, especially during college days, was not a fine tequila, and that explains the headaches. But uh, when I have a conversation today with La Leanda, the founding team, and they're going to tell you the story about not only how to get the best, purest, most delicious nectar of the gods produced, but why. But why? Why is it produced the way it is? What goes into that process? And why the people involved and their stories make the product itself? that much better and oh yeah by the way an nft is being issued you're going to have an opportunity to get one of three different nfts we'll hear from la leyenda shortly just on the other side of today's community spotlight
2: let's go
1: down the rabbit hole All right, today's Community Spotlight is on somebody I've talked about. They've been a guest on the show, but there's an update. That's to my crew at Avro 15, Nathan and Tim. And I'm not going to necessarily talk about just what they're doing. What I'm going to do is talk about what Randy Zuckerberg tweeted about Avro 15. She says, I've always admired artists for their perseverance, even more so now given the difficult conditions of the market. That's why when the Hugs XYZ found out that Avril 15 NFT was using their platform to uplift emergent artists in Web3, we decided to join forces and amplify them further. The Sunday Spotlight is founded by Web3 creator and thought leader Avril 15 NFT. Artists with less than 2,000 followers can apply to be featured across Avril 15's networks. That feature will now go on to include the Hugs XYZ networks as well. In addition to the Sunday Spotlight creators having their works promoted across the joint networks of the Hug XYZ and Avril 15 NFT, applicants earn an opportunity to be featured on the Hug XYZ dot xyz discovery platform and to thousands of subscribers to the hug newsletter lastly the hug xyz will reward a sunday spotlight creator with a free hug pass every week the winner will gain access to hug web 3's friendliest community and unlock all the resources within i'm delighted to be working with avril 15 nft in this effort to uplift and embrace the web 3 artists that make all of our lives more beautiful, more interesting, and more innovative than ever. I can't wait to see who the Hug XYZ is supporting this Sunday and all the Sundays to come. Oh yeah, did I mention as Randy Zuckerberg? Mic drop. Here we are fired up on the blockchain with Travi. And if you know the things that I get fired up on, not only in Web3 and IRL, well, then they're coming together. And a great day like today where I have Tom and Alex as our guests. They are the co-founders of La Leyenda. And they're going to tell us all about what it's like going through the tequila slash mezcal process. How we can get something so smooth and delicious through the blockchain. And yes, today I am fired up on this, this amazing use case of combining this La Leyenda with the blockchain. It's something that friends I know in real life uh, have tried. Um, I know that uh, I, I actually got to sample a taste of it in June in real life, um, and it changed my life. And uh, I hope it changes everybody's life listening, just like the blockchain is changing the way we live. And Tom and Alex, welcome to uh, Fired Up on the Blockchain with Travi. It's a pleasure
2: to have you both. Uh, excited to be here. Thank you for your time and thank you for the invitation.
1: Absolutely. So, I, I personally know a little bit about your product, uh, but I would love for everybody to get to know, you know, not just the product and not just about yourselves, but a little bit of what made this something that you thought would be a good idea to come onto making an NFT to give access to people. It's almost like a part of a club, it's like a very exclusive club by a membership club by having an NFT that's specifically tied right to your product. So let's talk about your product and let's talk about, you know, why we thought an NFT was, was the best use case for it.
0: Yeah, sure. I think, uh, you know, everything starts with a problem, right? And so um, without a problem, there's no, there's no need for change. What, uh, what we found was um, sort of an opportunity and a problem at the same time. And, um, you know, a- Alex will, will talk about the opportunity when he discovered this amazing product. But, you know, your listeners may not be aware that the agave industry is uh, quite frankly in peril and and really what's driving it is if you Google right now like agave production in Mexico, you're going to see a graph that doesn't really grow that much. Uh, but over the past decade, uh, agave, meaning um, tequilas and mezcals, have been growing at uh, 30 and 50% uh, respectively each year. It just passed whiskey in sales, and it's creeping up on vodka to be America's number one spirit. But where is this shit coming from, right? So we started wondering, like, how is that possible, right? And so what we've, what we've come upon to realize is that the industry has been cheating, and what they're doing is they're stretching their supply by adding sugars and additives. These flavors that you're tasting in these celebrity bottles in particular are uh, what we call tequilas. They're, they're uh, manufactured flavors because, the, yes, they might be calling themselves 100% agave, but we're introducing a concept that, or reintroducing a concept that is called full-term agave. And what I mean by that is Agave is a unique spirit. It's not a potato. It doesn't grow back every year. It's not a grape, right? It's not wheat or rye. It has uh, has seven years to mature, right? But what the industry has been doing is, in order to stretch that supply, is cutting the crop at three or four years. Now, you can put plants closer together. You can turn fields a lot faster. But what you can't do is take a green-orange add sugar and call that orange juice. And that's simply what the industry is doing now. They're taking baby plants and uh, adding sugars, adding vanillas and calling that 100% tequila. Well, okay, fine. It's 100%, but but it's 100% like, you know, baby agave. (laughs) And so what Alex did, and so this is where the opportunity struck, he tasted the real thing and said, holy smokes, what's your secret? And the answer is, we grow it to full term. We actually just do it the old way. And, uh, and so putting those two things together, we realized we've got to create a new mechanism to incentivize farmers to get it to that seven years. So taking a new technology to restore an old tradition, a 400-year-old tradition of growing agave to seven years, you know, all, all that shifted in the past decade but nft is this new modern technology can help us pull liquidity forward reserve more crop to go the
1: full term so you mentioned that there's a problem right that that so many of these are are cut with different things so the sugars that you mentioned and and whatever else and and we you know you mentioned that that's because they're not letting it grow yeah. to full term why do you think so many people like consumers don't don't already know this why do you think that so much of that is it's not general knowledge here in the United States. The reason I ask that is I, I think I, I yeah. spoke to you earlier. There was a conversation I had when I was on a trip to Mexico and it it, it took a, a cab driver to actually start telling me, Hey, the stuff that you're all drinking up there is trash. This is, and then he was trying to get me to drink something that he had in the cab. And I was like, wait, wait, buddy, hold on a second. I don't, I don't know where the, where this has been, but the point was made that, that there's, a whole world out there beyond the the couple of um, of brands that we're used to seeing. Do you think it's just you know just a, just a whole marketing play? Like why do you think so many people just day to day here in the, in the US don't know that?
0: It's it's kind of like that that short story in Catch Me If You Can. If you remember, he says, why do the Yankees uh, continue to win? And he said because it's their pinstripes, right? Uh, meaning people see what they want to see. And uh, celebrity brands really have dominated the conversation in the past decade. You know, Casamigos in a huge friggin' way. Um, and then you've got, you know, you got Kardashians in there. You got Kevin Hart in there. And because, you know, they've just got so much torque in mainstream, you know, consciousness and media that we don't have to discuss how it's made. Like, don't even look there. Just look at the cool bottle. You know, I, Alex and I always joke about some of these competitors out there. They're amazing bottle manufacturers. They're really bad at making agave, but they're really great at making bottles. And that's what the industry has been. Come, it's, it's almost like a shock jock industry now of how illustrious can you make your bottle to gain attention. But nobody's thinking about content and what's inside. And this is why, you know, we're taking a complete different approach. La leyenda means the legend. And, the, and what Alex and I get psyched about is, you know, legends don't cut corners, You know, legends are are decentralized. They can't be mass manufactured. They're really tough to repeat. And when you taste it, when you meet a legend, you know it. They didn't have to tell you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, speaking of let, I, I wish that it was, I wish it was the, the pinstripes that helped the Yankees win. They're going to need a little bit more than that. Um, but anyway, yeah, we talked about there, there are some really unique bottles. I mean, I could think of some and I, I you know, I'm not trying to flood any of the competitors necessarily now, but you know, like you said, there's some really cool bottles out there, but what, what struck me about you was uh, obviously the the nectar of the gods. This agave that once it hits your lips, you're just like, wait a second, this is this is what I'm supposed to be drinking. And you know, during the NFT NYC, I know that um, I, we met at an event, and you know, we we had an opportunity to sample it a little bit. And ever since then, um, some of my buddies um, shout out Flyfish Club. A lot of a lot of us there have been talking about La Leyenda kind of in turn uh, among each other ever since. And we're just like, how do we get some of these bottles? And then uh, a good buddy of mine, um, shout, you know, Brian, um, he he and I talk about this all the time because I think a big part of that though is once, once they get involved and once they taste it and understand the differences and how the mass marketed stuff here is really not kind of pure agave that we think it is, then we get a little bit, like I said, it almost feels like a membership club in a way. And that's why I think the NFT component is really cool because that literally is a membership club. But before we come back to that, the process of the seven years and and the incentives that you have for the farmers, I feel like is is a rabbit hole I'd love to kind of dive down a little bit more with you. Like, I'd love to know a little bit more about this process and why so many people have been cutting corners, um, you know, you, you kind of gave the comparison to like a green orange can't make the orange juice. I love that because when you're paying for something, you know, tequila is not cheap. Mezcal is not cheap. I mean, you know, I know it's all relative and all, but you know, when you're having something good, you know, when you're having something authentic. So what's, what's the difference? What's that? I, obviously it's the maturation process there over the seven years, but what's, what's a little bit more of the process that the farmers have to go through that we can kind of help them in- incentivize by you know making this an nft
2: well about the process i can tell you that uh, you, you, you mentioned something about the pricing and i think that people need to realize when they buy a cheap tequila or a cheap mezcal it's most likely that the company is cutting corners why because the agave is not cheap i mean it takes at least seven years to grow and uh, to maintain the plant to maintain the team that they, or the or the the staff to take care of the of the agave for all this time, how come you can you can expect something to be cheap? It, it, it cannot. I mean, you need to, to realize that it's a it's a long process to be in, and uh, and then you you ask yourself, why are so many brands and they taste so different from each other? And that's, that's what we were saying about. I mean, it's, a, it's about the green orange and all this uh, analogy. You need to realize that uh, the experts, mescalers, or uh, maestros tequileros or maestros mescaleros, what they do, or the secret, from my point of view, is uh, when, when to, uh, to know when cut what is called heads and tails, cabezas y colas. So it's like I, I use an, an, an analogy. Just picture a ribeye, right? A, a, a real ribeye, and you cut just inside of it, so you get the best part of the of the ribeye. That is cutting the heads and the tails to get the best. So it depends on when you make you make those cuts. You will get the quality of the juice you're going to drink. If you cut too early, the heads. You will get more strong alcohol savor on your on your um, beverage, on your tequila or mezcal. And if you cut too late the tails, the ABV will go down. So alcohol percentage will go down if you cut too late the tails. So you have to know when to cut those those to get the flavor that you want in your in your brand. That's why. As Tom says, uh, it's a a 400 400 years uh, history in this. So the Maestros Mezcaleros that we have, they really know their stuff, right? They really, they they have been passing this recipe generation after generation. So they know when to make those cuts. So the juice that we are having is going to be the best quality juice you ever had, if I may say that. And we also uh, make sure that the agave is hand selected, not not all agaves can make can make the, the, the juice. They grow for seven years, but we make sure that they grow for seven years so the the, 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 the pina is uh, ripping. ripen. And then you hand selected the big ones that, that has more sugars so the sugar can be converted into alcohol and the, and, and the flavor and all this stuff combined together will get you the, the juice that you're looking for. So that's why ours, it's, it's very unique and very special because we, we really do take care about the whole process. Big companies are starting using uh, other methods like using a diffuser which is a, a a big machine. What it does is accelerates the process and picture like a, like a line of, of uh, production line. So you put the agave and it starts cooking, shredding, and all this stuff. The, the, the process. So in the end, you will get the juice, but that will go will get you down. The the, the quality will will go down, and the taste is not the same. So. If we're doing the, the right things, you will get the, the, the best quality that is. That's in the, on the process side. So get
0: this, Travi. I mean, this is an art form. You know, we, we in America, we've gotten so acclimated to the idea that everything needs to be mass manufactured. Right. Uh, and through standardization, you can make you know, premium quality at lower cost. This plant was never meant to be mass manufactured. This is an artisan, you know, form. It's a batch production. It's, it's as Alex just described. There's art in how you grow it. There's art in how you cut it. There's art in the selection and then in the fermentation process. You know, all of this stuff matters. Uh, but when you try to go to scale, what you have to do is standardize and work to the least common denominator because you're just going to try to maximize yield. You know, one of these plants... Travi, one of these plants that's like 100 pounds after you shave off all the spines, like it's a bulb that takes a really grown man to be able to lift to get into a truck. But even that bulb only produces like six to 10 bottles tops, tops. Right. And so it's just never. and, And that that plant, by the way, takes up about two meters by two meters cubed Right. So it takes up a lot of space. It's heavy. There's a lot of um, variables that go in over a seven year period that that tacit knowledge of when to cut the the knowledge of how to ferment the process, having the process in place to ferment. Everything goes into this thing to, to to remind ourselves that, you know, just not everything should be mass manufactured. And in fact, if you want to ensure quality, you have to keep it a batch.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the things that makes me, you know, super interested on this product in itself and the small batch, like the, the, the care and the process and the just the artisanship that you put into it, and then you're know, kind of thinking about the blockchain side and the NFT side. Um, I'm saying that there's definitely something to be said about there being, you know, less like the one of ones are selling a lot more now. The small drops are the small NFT drops are selling now. So, so, and I'm just trying to make that comparison because most of our listeners are, are the NFT side. But listen, I know there's a lot of you out there who love the tequilas and mezcals as much as I do. So as somebody who... I don't want to say like I grew. I didn't grow up drinking bourbons, right? But once I once I got to a point where I started to understand scotches and bourbons and whiskeys and start to find nuances between the ones I liked and the ones I were like, wait a second, this is this is not really what I'm going for. I started to have a more appreciation yeah. for for liquors in general. But it wasn't until I started to really find just higher end, just really well thought out, maybe Reservas or something like that, or Anejo tequilas that I started to see that difference as well. And for so long, especially during college days, listen, don't judge me, but there was a lot of like Cuervo poured right into the Red Bull can before we went out for the night because it wasn't about, it wasn't about the enjoyment, the process, the taste. It was about just getting smashed. And that's, that's not like, that's not what we're really looking for. You know, Anymore, yeah, I feel like there's there's so many things out there that anybody could go and you know spend a couple yeah. cents on and, and wake up with a headache the next day or have a terrible night, and that's that's not what we want anymore. Yeah. We want to make sure that the the money that we're spending on something is going to be a quality product. So for anybody listening, you know, I know a lot of people kind of, at least around here, mezcal's are growing in popularity. Um, I particularly like a bit of a like a smoke. you know smokiness to things whether it's like a scotch or a mezcal tequila or something like that can you just for anybody who's not sort of you know on that on that same plane as as we all are what's the difference between tequilas and mezcals the the soil the climate and the things that go along with like you know the the labeling of what makes a tequila tequila and a mezcal a mezcal
2: well that's a very interesting question and this is the is the it's, there's no correct answer, I think, because uh, back in the day, I mean, I'm going to say back in, I don't know, maybe 1900s or so, uh, all all uh, agave distillates were called mezcal, and actually they call it vino mezcal. So being that said, we, we like to say that all tequilas are mezcals, but not all mezcals are tequilas. And why is that? Because in Mexico, we have like 200 varieties of agaves uh, uh, in the country. So you can make mezcal from, the, the most popular one is Espadin, and 80% of the production is made in Oaxaca, and that's the one is, more, is, is the most popular, and is the one that is, uh, it is uh, smoky, that smoky flavor. Then you have another uh, agave called uh, tobala, and you have cuiche and you have jabalí and you have so many others. So that's, that's, the, that's the mezcal. And the norma of the mezcal tells you that you have to use 100% agave to be called mezcal. On the other hand, you have tequila. Tequila became so popular that they wanted to to be uh, regionalized in only certain part of the country, being the most, um, popular, the state of Jalisco. The whole state of Jalisco, you can grow blue agave, but the quality of the agave is not the same in the whole state. The best agaves are grown in the highlands of Jalisco, and to be called tequila, this is the huge difference about mezcal and tequila. You can be called tequila if it's only have 51% of blue agave, and the rest can be another alcohol. Right? Uh, m- most likely will be sugarcane alcohol. That's why when we were in high school, I mean high school, college, uh, we drank cuervo and we got these terrible headaches because the combination of two alcohols together. <clears throat> and that's why the quality, the people started um, differ- differentiating themselves the big brands, and they started using 100% blue agave in their uh, beverage. That's why it became more popular, more expensive, because it was 100%. But now what we're seeing is because the exposure that tequila now have and the agave agave products, let's say mezcals uh, and, uh, and tequilas, got bigger attention because of the celebrities that got involved into the business. That's why it grew so fast and there's no there's no land, there's there's no time to to, to, to start um, to maintain that business. And uh, the quality that you're looking for is is a full grown a full term agave that, that that's the word that we need we need to start hearing more about what you're drinking to know that they were actually they waited long enough for the for the piña to be reaping reaping or ripen i don't know the word maduro (laughs) in (laughs) espanol i'm
0: just kidding you dude so one thing you should know travi is alex is my brother-in-law i've been married to his sister for 20 years and and we've just become like best friends throughout that that time period. We finished each other's uh, sentences in both languages. <laughs> but uh, the other cool thing to know is, uh, Alex's wife is married to the farmer, so
2: we're in a family
0: business here. And you know, Alex, you should tell the story of how you
2: came across this this product. Well, it's a it's a funny story to to be to, to be honest with you. I'm a tequila drinker, and uh, my uh, father-in-law owns ranch in Zacatecas, so one time he said, "Why don't we celebrate?" I have a son, and uh, why, why don't we celebrate your son's birthday at the ranch? And we said, "Yeah, okay, let's go." So we went to the ranch, and he threw this huge party, like it was like a wedding for a five-year-old. And he brought so many people to the to the ranch because it's his his, his first. Uh, uh, grandson, male, may I say so, so he's very proud and he invited so many people and I was drinking tequila at the party, you know, and this guy approaches me and he says, he introduces himself and he said, you know what, you got to try this vino. And I was like, dude, I'm, I'm drinking tequila right now. Vino in Spanish means red wine. So I said, "No, thank you, not right now." He laughed at me and he said, "No, no, no, it's, it's not red wine. You gotta try this mezcal." And I went, uh "You know, I'm, I'm into tequila right now. I don't want to switch to mezcal because it's too strong." And he laughed again and he said, "You gotta try this." So I tried it and I was, "Oh my God, this is so good!" What, what are you doing with this? So it turns out it was the family reserve. And it's, it's a very good friend back then from my father-in-law. And uh, we start say, I started saying, do you mind if, if I get involved into the business? Because this, this, this needs to come out, not only stay here at the ranch. Let's, 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 think, let's think bigger and have the, the world taste this quality that we make in Mexico. And uh, so we sent a, a couple of bottles to the San Francisco World Spirits Competition, and uh, we won <laughs> double gold. I mean, we were the underdog in between hundreds of brands. I
1: want to. I want to get to that. I want to. I want to unpack that a little bit more because I was working. I was working up to that because that is a very impressive piece of the story too. But. Couple of things I just want to say before we get to that. First of all, I had no idea that it needed to be 51% actual what tequila and the rest could be sugar alcohol. That explains the headaches. I just thought it was all the loud music that I listened to when I went out. But that 51% was also the grade that I scored on my exam the next day after I drank that disgusting tequila. So, that explains a lot too. It all kind of comes together. But, after hundreds of years uh, this this process has been going, and you discovered it. I love that you discovered it sort of like among your friends and among your family, and you 're building it together and that 's why I wanted to just take a pause there because you know the not only the artisanship, the craftsmanship, the respect you have to incentivize the farmers to to make it a process that makes it seven years, not you know not three years like a lot of the other brands w- what you 're doing, I feel like is so powerful because. It shows your respect for the craft. It shows your respect for the product. And in essence, it shows your respect for your customer and your consumers. And I think one of the things that leads us to the eventual conversation I want to have about the NFTs and what people are going to be able to do as far as, you know, actually getting one to join this club is let's take a moment and unpack, you know, the the the, the awards, the, the double goal that you mentioned in San Francisco, because I know the story but I think everybody should hear it directly from you because the amount of judges, the amount of brands involved, the amount of, of people who had to co-sign for the fact that yours was you know, the best um, is a story that I really think that we need to um, unfold a little bit.
0: And you know what, Travy, though? I want to do um, I- – I want Alex to talk about that. What, what is a double gold? Cause you know, he, he did it, but, um, but you said something that I think is really important, which is about respect. Like you said that word there and it's, it's almost like if you think about it, like the U S market has been, been getting the dregs of, of the tequila industry. When you go down to Mexico, you start having tequilas down there. They taste different. You know, the better stuff is in Mexico and we and quite frankly, the American consumer just hasn't been discerning enough to demand, you know, better quality. So you might say like there's a lack of respect in Mexico for the U.S. palate, And so they're just exporting hangovers. But the same thing's happening like the other way, which is there's a lack of respect in America for the growers. Because if you look at that, like a seven-year plant requires a man to lift that thing. A real like a real working man, like somebody that's been in the field has got like you know, like orangutan strength, you know, to lift a hundred and twenty-pound thing up into a truck, right? And be doing that every day for a living. The reality is if you grow a plant three to five years, you can hire a boy to lift that plant. Now that man needs to go find a job elsewhere. And so no kidding, by, by cutting plants early, we're literally separating families. The men have to go uh, find migrant work. And, and that, is, that is a reality down in Mexico. So it's almost like we're, we're, we're changing uh, you know, a 400-year a history of doing it a certain way, thinking that it doesn't impact people or communities. Right. But everything has a ripple effect. And so this lack of trade of respect, like, you know, we're importing hangovers, you know, and, and, and imparting broken, broken customs and broken families. The model just is broken and it sucks. And it's it's a lose lose. Right. And so when Alex tasted this real product, he said, I need to find out what's the backstory. How do you guys do it? He brought this clear bottle up to San Francisco. We didn't even have a brand. It's kind of like when the Karate Kid went into the uh, arena. He didn't have a belt, right? They had to steal it from the guy's bag. It's a similar thing here. He didn't even belong. He had no business being in that competition, and won. But he should tell you what a what a double gold really means.
2: Yeah, that's a great analogy. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we we send us our samples or two bottles to to the competition, and to to be awarded the double gold, the whole panel of judges have unanimously said, you are the best we have ever had, so we want we to give you the gold medal. But if the whole panel, the hundred percent, give you the gold medal, automatically you will get the double gold. And what does that mean? It's not our words, is even in their website if you get awarded the double gold, you are considered to be one of the best products of the world. And that was a, a, a mind-blowing thing to say, I knew it. <laughs> so we, 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 we got this, uh, how do you say, it, accolade, and uh, from a, a big, the, 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 the most respected competition in America, and to be uh, awarded the double gold, was a key element to start doing something better and, to as you said, to respect not only the farmer, but the consumer, to give them what is really a taste of real Mexico, real agave, real farmer-grown agave juice.
1: And, And not just that. I know that in order to win the double gold, there needed to be a unanimous vote by 50 judges, and it needed to be at least in the top five of 600 different brands. I mean, imagine, and and you know, Daniel went into that karate tournament and he got his leg sweeped. He came out with that crane kick and won. I mean, that's what you did here. It was 600 brands. 50 judges, I mean, you, you kind of multiply that and that there's a lot of possibilities for you to have not been in the top five, but to be unanimously voted in the top five by all 50 is, is absolutely incredible. So first of all, congratulations on that. And and thank you for, you know, for all the things that you've done in, in terms of the respect, you know, and and just the the quality and the things that you want to deliver and to pull the curtain back a little bit, a lot of people email me and ask me to promote things on, on the podcast. Yeah. And a lot of people want to come on and talk about things. But not only is it an amazing use case for kind of a membership club, and NFT, the 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 backstory the the family relationship you have the bonds you have among one another um the the care that you and and the farmers and everybody has for for agave and and making it like legitimate <laughs> like make agave great again. Um, you know, these are these are things. <laughs> Sorry, I had to, I, didn't, I didn't mean to go there, but <laughs> yeah, I had to go there. So, um, I make a- it like it. Agave. Anyway, so and especially those of us who did go through those kind of bad, bad days of not really understanding what good tequila was. And now this emergence and you're seeing kind of like little things popping up here, like uh, taquerias. And all of a sudden, you know, this one's got like 100 different tequilas and mezcals. There's one right down the street from me. Um, they have like 200. I'm just like, where did you guys has come from, and it's just become this trend. And I feel like you know you're such good people, and you do so many good things. Like already for your brand, and now the fact that you're able to now have folks you know join this by you know just using some of their ether and Ethereum, and um, that's something that gets me, dare I say, fired up, um, because all of this story and all of that would already make it amazing, but the power of the blockchain to kind of give people. The, the the power, the control, and, and I'll let you kind of talk a little bit about what the NFT would give, but I know like you're giving so much back to the people who were already creating this, you know, this, this great tequila, this economic aspect that we talked about with the farmers and, you know, making sure that the right people get paid. So they're not, you know, getting child labor and the, and the families don't have to, you know, migrate somewhere else to do another, like, there's a lot of thought put into this. So I love to just kind of hear, unless there's something else you want to... Because I could talk about you winning double gold all day. I think that's really cool. And also The Karate Kid. I could talk about those two things all day.
0: Yeah, you know, the uh, in The Karate Kid, they, they save that crane kick for the last, like, literally last 30 seconds of the movie. I don't know if you have ever noticed, but as soon as he does that, the movie ends like at the hug right after that. Um, but there's a little bit more to this story that built up to that moment that I think is worth understanding. So like, uh, and Alex, I hope you don't mind if I share the, 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 um, the, the illness that you uh, endured, but uh, COVID was, was happening in the backdrop of all this. And, you know, everybody, of course, like few people actually knew somebody firsthand that got walloped. Well, Alex was my guy that I knew got walloped and Alex got nailed so bad that he was on a ventilator uh, going into Christmas and then slipped into a coma. Um, and we, uh, the whole family, you know, r- realized his sister, his only sister is my wife. We were preparing for the worst. Uh, I'm the godfather of his uh, son as well. And, you know, it was a, uh, it was a grim reality that Alex might not be with us in the, in the new year, let alone going forward. And that his family, would, would need help through that. And, um, and even if Alex did make it being in a coma for a week normally doesn't result in good outcomes. And, um, but on Christmas morning, baby Jesus here arose and, uh, and it was clear, uh, that after, you know, a few days of seeing him on zoom calls, of course, we couldn't go visit him. Uh, that in his emaciated state, it was going to be a long recovery. He had to go in for throat surgery and all this. And, and this was just months before the whole double gold crane kick scene. So this project, I think was a big part of Alex's recovery. You know, you need something positive to focus on when you're, you know, kicked in the dirt like that. And, um, you know, nobody could go travel and help. You know, we were in isolated conditions, and so he had to fight that fight largely alone, and you know, with his immediate family, of course. Uh, but um, but winning double gold, I think, it was almost uh, a miracle in its own right. When you talk about beating 600 brands from a brandless, you know, product, um, and it was just it was just very timely in our families. Um, and in Alex's life to, to get that uplift and it helped create a vision. And that's when I started getting more involved in the product because I thought, Hey, you know, Alex, maybe you do have something super special here. And, but maybe, maybe, maybe the, the sign is let's keep it super authentic and real and not try to go for scale. And let's, let's build something as authentic as your journey around this brand. And so you know, I think if you know that backstory, the crane kick is a, is a, is a real tear jerker. But, uh, but I think it's important for listeners to know the inspiration behind this product is Alex. You know, he, he, uh, was a restaurateur before he got into this. He knew quality when he tasted it. Um, it was somewhere between tasting it, uh, and, and the double gold that COVID damn near took his life. So, um, uh, this thing is, it's, it's destiny at this point and the brand fits the guy and the technology fits the brand. And so we can, we can talk more about how this technology is going to, going to help, you know, um, solve these problems that we just talked about and and turn this lose, lose into a win-win. But I thought it was really important for your listeners to get a feel for what Alex endured to, to bring this product to market.
1: Alex, uh, that's an incredible story, and I'm sorry that you had to go through those those days. And I'm glad that you're here, um, and I'm glad that you're you know seeing kind of a renewed spirit and a positivity around this this brand. Because um, as I mentioned, you know you you come out and you win this double gold, and I feel like that's something that you know that in itself is like a legend, la leyenda. That's going to be passed down. That's going to be passed down to you know generations and generations and and we're talking about something that's you know been a craft for as you mentioned like 400 years or so and um your story and and what led to you winning is just remarkable you know um so i'm happy to obviously have you on here and tell your story but i first want to say glad you're doing okay it's it's nice to personally meet you. Um, I, again, like I knew about this brand way before I knew that we were going to have a conversation on a podcast about it. So I'm already a fan. Um, and now I think our listeners, as they get to know you, Alex and Tom, you know, I'm sure that they're fans of you. I'm sure that they're fans of what you stand for, um, your fight and kind of keeping it real with, with, with the authenticity behind it. And also your stories and your vulnerability. So thank you, um, Tom and Alex, for, for sharing that. I just want to take a moment to make sure I thank you for that. Um, and you're deciding to give an NFT uh, to people. Uh, and then by having that NFT, they're able to purchase bottles. So I want to talk about that for a little bit. And also, I know that you're going to have different tiers and there's going to be different um, flavors that I would actually love to hear more about because um, I would love to sample them all. Well, may, maybe not just sample them,
0: Travi. Mean, I think the, um, I, I think if you see this as you know, Alex really embodies the product and the authenticity of the product and the process. Um, I, I've been a technologist my whole career, and um, and and I've, I've I've been in Web three now for a couple of years, and what I've learned about it is it's a creator um, movement. It's it's a creator economy. Web three is is about. Um, bringing um, accountability, but also recognition back to the source. That's exactly what we're trying to do here. Our creator is the farmer. And much like these artists, like the the way NFTs help pull liquidity forward for whether it's musicians or artists, you know, so they can manifest better art. We're doing the same exact thing here. So for me, it was a no brainer. When Alex told me about the double gold, my first question was, why? Why? Why you? Why this product? I mean, I know you're baby Jesus and all, but why did this product win? And, and so what we uh, what he explained to me was what the, the, the peril, the state of the industry, right? The the lack of respect going on. And and so I said, man, you, you have no idea. This is this is, you know, it took us about a ball and, and a half uh, to figure this out. But I said, Alex, I'm going to I'm going to bring up three letters to you. And I don't want you to freak out, but NFT and it doesn't stand for not fucking tequila. <laughs> and so we, we started riffing on this idea of wouldn't it be cool if we could pull liquidity forward for the farmer and at the same time? Make you know make a win for the farmer, but let's make a win for the consumer also. Let's enrich their experience because that's the other thing that NFTs are doing, right? It creates a win win on both sides, enriches the experience, and pulls liquidity forward for the for the source of origin, and then that just keeps looping on itself for better quality, better experience, better quality, better experience. So it was just it was just um, obvious, I guess, once you're in the NFT and Web three space that this problem could be solved with it. And so that's been that was sort of like the origin of it all. And it it took a little bit of convincing, of course, because, you know, you you know, Alex was thinking, let's let's go sell it and go put it in stores and and go the traditional route. Um, But what was so great about Alex is his willingness to be open. We, We started attending crypto conferences together. I said, come and check out this culture. And I think what Alex realized is Web3 culture rules like it is the most fun place on earth. And one of our points, you know, we're not a we're not a somber brand. We're not we're actually not Boy Scouts. Like we're not trying to give back and solve. We're trying to sustain a really high quality product and an art form so we can party more. Right. And so because Alex and I love to party. And so when I showed him the Web3 culture, he was like, man, these guys can party. And they're coming up with creative ideas. Why don't we align our brand with it? So he, you know, it took some time, but he had to go, you know, go experience it. And so it was through that process of doing like NFT LA, NFT New York, that we really solidified a vision for this brand and, and decided NFTs is the right go to market model for us.
1: Yeah. Partying is definitely something that people in Web3 like to do. <laughs> and I think Lalienda should be a, a big part of it. And I think you and I talked a little bit. You're, you might have actually some IRL experiences for people. So let's talk about, I know that you have your first um, NFT drop coming. So let's talk about those, how people can access your first token and, and what that'll give them access to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, today, now that you hear this, go to lalayanda.io, sign up on the allow list minimally, like get on there. We're going to be doing at least 50 seats off of that allow list. Um, But in this early drop, October 31st, uh, we are going to be uh, working with probably around seven or eight different projects um, in their allow list, as well as the people that sign up on that uh, on our website. Um, So that's the first private drop. It's going to have a little bit of discount to it. It's also going to be known as like the founding, right? The OGs of our our community. So we encourage everybody, get get in on that
1: October 31st, noon, LA time. You heard it. So that's noon, LA time, 3 p.m. Eastern time please do your research and make sure that you look into what kind of things that you actually want to consume, what kind of things that you want to put in your body. If you're going to put your money down or your Ethereum down on something, please make sure that it's something worthwhile that you put a lot of thought into. And, you know, I can personally speak to this and, you know, you're not you're not paying me to say this. Um, I would certainly prefer, you know, La Leyenda um, over, you know, pretty much any other, any other option. And just to be clear, I was at an open bar slash open food party during the, during the week of NFT NYC, where I could have literally ordered anything from the bar. And where did I go? I went to Tom who was standing there with a bottle and I was like, please, sir, can I have some more? And that, and that was, that was how we met. So, you know, big big thank you to Tom and Alex. This has been a pleasure for me. And I, I'm sure that our listeners got a lot of value out of your story and, the, as we talked about earlier, the respect that you have for the brand. But um, I definitely want to give you the last word. If there's anything, Alex or Tom.
0: Yeah, yeah. awesome. So everything's happening on laleyenda.io. Right? So L-A-L-E-Y-E-N-D-A means the legend. Right? You can Google it. Laleenda.io. And you can go there and you can read about what's called the movement. Which describes the product and what we're doing for farmers. You can look at the page called the membership, which describes the swag. Right. We send every member like a swag box that gives you all this cool like agave drinking kit. Uh, It's got the whole backstory magazine of Alex's uh, story, our story together, us bringing this product to market, the process of how it's made. Um, There's some cool stuff in there, like these stones that you freeze instead of using ice cubes so it doesn't dilute the beverage. There's some tumblers in there, like Yeti style. It's very cool. Um, The other thing that it gets you is access to parties. Alex and I... We love crypto parties. So what do we do? We go to Web3 conferences and we host VIP rooms and we do sippings and we let our community know. And if you got the NFT, whoever the host is of the party, they've got to let you in. You don't even need their stinking badge. You can just walk in with your NFT. The other cool uh, thing that we do is. We um, we do virtual events where we try to bring in experts that like, you know, sipping connoisseurs to help educate our community on what's going on with agave, how to properly like introduce yourself to a new flavor, to your palate and whatnot, um, and how to become an agave expert in your own right. Um, Finally, um, we're even adding a layer of building out a network of clubs, private experiences that recognize the Anejo NFT as a membership. And so we're starting with LA. Okay. So there's three varieties of the NFT. There's a Blanco, a Reposado and a Añejo. Shouldn't surprise anyone. And the Blanco NFT gets you ability to buy this world-winning double gold Blanco flavor. The Reposado allows you to buy both Reposado and Blanco and gives you all the swag and access to parties and stuff like that. The Añejo is the beast though. The Añejo gives you access to all the bottles, including the Añejo. In addition, it gives you that membership access to that private club of networks that we're building out, or network of private clubs, rather, that we're building out. And so while we're just dropping LA, right, this uh, this November, um, the next is gonna be Miami. So we're already starting to form relationships in Miami, Puerto Rico, New York, San Francisco. And then from there, we're looking at like Toronto, Austin, Singapore, London, right? But the idea is we want, we call it the Legends Club. We want Legends Club members to gain experiences that they wouldn't even be aware of, right? So it's not just nightclubs. We're looking at like gun ranges, yacht clubs, speakeasies, you know, a whole range of experiences that really enrich our community.
1: Well, I could definitely see some partnerships forming. Um, I know that you and I will be in touch a lot over the course of uh, my my Web3 and NFT journey. There's a lot of things that... Um, I have in mind, and I think being a part of the Legend Club makes so many of these things that we've wanted from Web3 or NFTs become real. You know, what? You know, speaking of, I know it's a silly, but but the Yacht Club, for example, like there's so many NFT drops that have the word Yacht Club. Well, there's really one that should only have the word Yacht Club after it, right? Or two. But then there's so many that have it and it's just like, yeah, we're part of this club. Well, now by being a part of your club, we will be able to be a part of actual Yacht Club. I mean- if you're not already part of a yacht club now <laughs> you'll be part of a yacht club and that's what that's what i think makes this really cool because By you partnering not only with IRL, you know, venues and events and things like that, but also partnering with other NFT, you know, companies, NFT brands, I see a lot of strong partnerships, a lot of strong IRL events um, with La Leyenda's name right there, and hopefully the bottles right there inside of the the parties as well.
2: Well, from outside, uh, I celebrate that. Well, thank you again for having us here and for you to listen to, to our story. But as you well said just now, I think you have to, to, to respect yourself and ask yourself, what am I putting into my body? What kind of alcohol am I drinking? What quality is, is what I'm drinking? So just don't go because of the pretty bottle. Ask yourself where it comes from, what are you drinking? I mean, I think you will find very good quality agave, not, not just ours, let's be honest on that, I think Mexico has too much to offer in, in terms of quality. Uh, there, there, there's, there's a handful of uh, brands out there that also have very good quality. Just just ask yourself what, what what do you want to drink, what quality you want to to taste. And thank you for the opportunity to tell our story. And I think um, we will see we will be seeing you more often.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and Travi, I think, you know, the last the last word is respect. I really like that, how that theme sort of came out of this discussion today. You know, Alex is saying respect what you put in your body, respect what it's doing to your creators, you know, re- respect that, the, you know, who you party with, you know. And, um, you know, that's what legends do. Legends are very respectful uh, to their past. Um, and, and they they also Uh, are paying it forward, right? They're, they're given to the next generation. Like if you think about what is a legend, it's somebody that, you know, they came through something tough, they did something great and they're given back Uh, and, um, and so that's just the ideals that we're embodying. That's the type of people we want to party with. So if you're one of those people join the legends club so we can hang out and have more fun and attract more projects that are like us. Let's create a movement together. Travi, thank you very much for having Alex and I on. We greatly appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure. You had me at legend, really cool stories, really loved getting to know you. And I'll be excited to be on this journey with you. Thank you so much for being here and fired up on the blockchain with Travi. Yeah, thank you, Tom and Alex Leenda. I've heard of Farm to Table, but now we've got Farm to Blockchain. Makes me even more fired up than I already was. And uh, after taking a couple of sips of this, I hope that you'll be fired up on what good Mezcal is all about. And some really great use cases for NFTs and membership clubs. And I definitely want to thank my friend Brian. That's web3brian on Twitter, web3brian, the number three, Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, for uh, actually introducing me to the brand, the concept of La Leanda back at that uh, open bar experience where I chose to keep going back to Tom <laughs> instead of going back to the the bar. Uh, But it was a really great time overall. But you know, good people like Brian and Tom and Alex are what Web3 is all about. And if you check Brian out, as I said it's Web3 Brian with a Y. He's not only an attorney, but he also uh, specializes in Web3 law. So if anybody out there is looking, I cannot give legal advice, nor can I give financial advice. But Brian is actually somebody who could give you some legal advice. And that's uh, Web3 Brian. And he's somebody who you could uh, hire, especially if you're thinking about starting a project or you're already you know have one that's out and you have a couple questions especially now that we've seen the uh, SEC looking into some of the bigger name projects out there it's nice to know that there's somebody you can have in your corner no he did not pay me to say this he's just somebody who I trust and respect in this space and I hope to work with one day and while Lalienda celebrating over 400 years of the tequila and agave process I am celebrating 25 <laughs> 25 episodes this is it this is episode 25 and I want to definitely keep on thinking thank all of you for listening and thanking all the guests for uh, being on here, continuing to be on here. And it has definitely been humbling to make all these great friends and partners. And uh, there's a lot of partners I've been speaking with because you know, it's been quite a journey. And uh, Journey is the name of my very first NFT brand. And I'm very, very excited to be able to drop the very first character of the journey. So actually, while I'm recording this, I got an update that uh, the website will actually be live in just a couple of days. So the reason I'm telling you this is because that's where you could register for the exclusive pre-mint discount. But of course, if you are interested and wanted to get on that list before it gets pushed out to different communities, feel free to DM me on Twitter at Mr. Travis, Though That's MRT. T R A V I S T H O And the Journey series is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a story, of course, that unfolds over a long period of time, as I mentioned. And what you need to know about in our life, early on, there are lessons. There are things that we learn that we continue to carry with us. So I'm going to put that very thought process into motion. And the people who purchase the very first OG character is going, they're going to be rewarded if there's a character or two that comes out that character might have specific rewards uh, that go to that character but they're also going to have rewards that the very first character claim, Uh, would be able to access because i'm going to be honest with you one thing i i don't love about some projects is you have to continue to keep purchasing multiple just to stay like within their ecosystem i think it's nice to have options so the earliest holders will be rewarded um individual holders of individual characters will be rewarded and of course holders of multiple characters and collect a crew are going to be rewarded as well. Collecting a crew is uh, not always easy. Building the right people around you. And another big thank you and shout out to Tyler Vaughn. He has been hard at work with the Crypto Dads as well. If anyone's seen the drip bot there for the World Series gear that the Phillies and uh, that other team from Houston... Uh, No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) The Phillies and Astros. Tyler did um, all the drip, all the the Crypto Dads baseball jerseys for that. So he's been hard at work there. He's been hard at work here with the Journey Collection. And I know you're going to love his art as soon as you get involved in the journey and uh, a big thank you again to unstoppable domains, you can get your digital identity by clicking on the friends and D and family link in the show notes. And of course, diamond dogs, NFT where holding a diamond dog can get you tickets to a baseball game or get you into a stadium tour or lots of other fun stuff. And that's through the mind from the mind of Evan Mendoza of the St. Louis Cardinals baseball organization. And, uh, See you. See, I'm in the NFT London. <laughs> By the time this comes out and you listen to it, uh, I'll be there. So I'm excited about that. I hope to meet a lot of people to introduce to you. And hopefully, you get on that pre mint list. And uh, I've already gotten on the allow list there at laleanda.io. I hope to see you at some of those real life events too. Because uh, real life events are, are great. Because this Web3 world is. You know, a crazy, mixed-up, kind of nerdy, kind of cool, brand new world of NFTs and Web3. And uh, I'm in London. I'll be in Miami. Who knows where else we'll have a chance to see each other? But wherever we go, I'm going to be doing what I try to do best. Now is, of course, bring one love to Web3. I'll catch you next time. (laughs)